boys and girls, episode 178 is about to begin with Brianna, and this episode is getting so freaking close to that 200 mark. Crazy, right? 200 freaking episodes. So close. I gotta do something special. Gotta come up with something first, though. Uh, so this episode is going to cover a lot on the psychology of eating, which honestly is probably the most important aspect when it comes to nutrition, weight loss, and just life in general. Sometimes people go too far right when it comes to nutrition and they develop worse issues when they first began. So Brianna dives into that. We chat about her view on people's biology, physiology, and psychology, of course. Jam-packed with a lot of info. Hope you enjoy it. And without further ado, here we go. Hello, boys and girls. Welcome back to another episode of Cut the Shit, Get Fit. I'm your host, Rafael Matuszewski, and today joining me is Brianna Thero. Hopefully I said that correctly. Say hello. Hello. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so I always like to start the show with super easy questions to kind of boost the confidence of the guest. So first easy one, what is the latest book you have read or are currently reading? I, let me, trying to, I'm looking at my Audible right now. Oh, nice. Oh, audiobooks. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So I've, I've been doing a lot of Audible since I moved to New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like I like that better because um, I walk so much. I walk like thirty thousand steps a day. Wow. Okay. So yeah. What... Okay. So I I'm listening to the Biology of Desire mm-hmm. right now. It's by Mark Lewis. It examines like the different various substances and what they do to our brains. Oh, cool. And what cool. it says about addiction. It's more about habit based. Um, looking at addiction through that lens. Mm-hmm. So are you a type of person that will like listen to one book all the way through or do you have like multiple at a time? I listen to the whole thing all the way to the end. <laughs> no, fair enough. Like, cause I've had a couple of guests on my show where they'll like read three books at the same time and listen to another one. I'm like, how do you do that? Like, I just get anxiety thinking about that. I'm like, no, I no, need to I focus on one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't do that. Yeah. I don't know. I have to finish what I started. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Um, so what kind of led you to that book? Like what made you interested in it? Um, I'm just really, I see a pattern like between addictions and like binge eating and mm-hmm. different food behaviors. So I, I love reading about addictions and the, uh, treatments for them. Okay. Fair enough. And we'll probably like put a pin on that cause we're going to talk about that later, but, uh, Next easy one, what is the latest TV series you've been watching or movie? <laughs> I don't watch TV or movies. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Okay. <laughs> I'm one of those. <laughs> I'm one of those. That's awesome. But that's good, though. Like, a lot of people fall into that habit of, like, going on Netflix and binging, like, entire seasons of, like, Lost or whatever they're well, watching. Well, I binge read, so. Binge read. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Did you, like, grow up not really into TV or anything like that? Yep, not really. All right, cool. I, I love, like, different aspects like that. Like, rather than staying in the crowd, you are getting out of the crowd. I love it. Yeah, I've been <laughs> a super nerd forever. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, all right, so last easy question. What do you got planned for the weekend? Um, well, I go to the farmer's market 
nice. on Saturday. So I'm excited to do that. And then I'm carving pumpkins with my roommate and my boyfriend. Awesome. So are you a fan of Halloween then? My favorite holiday. Bam. Okay, what are you dressing up as? <laughs> um, Aphrodite this year. Ooh, nice. There you go. Yes. So do you go like full out, like actually buy a costume that's like worth oh, more yeah. than 40? I have yeah, okay. my, my custom made this year. Awesome. That's so, I'm pumped to see it. I'm pumped to see it. <laughs> um, so now let's just get you introduced to the audience. So can you do a quick intro of who you are, what you do, and how did you get into this industry in the first place? Yes. Okay. Um, I got into this industry by having a natural passion for health and nutrition. Like it's intrinsic. Um, fitness has always been like secondary in my mind. Cause like I said, I'm a super nerd. I like reading and the research behind the nutrition fitness. You can only do so much. Um, I've always been pretty active in my day to day life. Like I feel best moving a lot. So, um, I had some here serious like health complications at a young age that pushed my interest in nutrition like most people that are mm-hmm. in the nutrition field. Um, I always really had an interest in medicine and psychology. That's what I was doing in college. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing pre-med and all my electives were psychology based. Um, but then I ended up dropping out and going to school to become a hairstylist because I could make way more money quicker that way. Fair enough. Yes. Um, I eventually entered the fitness and health industry was, it was ironically by me owning a salon because a lot of my clients were in the medical field. And so we would have talked, we talked about like health studies, diet, fitness, and anything related to that. And then they would ask me to come teach classes to their staff. And so that's what I would do, like nutrition classes, wellness. Um, so it was more like a hobby that turned into a job. Okay, uh, fair enough. Yeah. Now, it's an interesting journey. So, like, I'm going to try to unravel all of that. So yeah. um, from the very beginning, you said you were dealing with some, like, health issues. Like, what, what did you go through? I had optic neuritis at 20 years old, which is where the optic nerve gets inflamed. Um and I went blind in my eye. Whoa. And so that's usually the first signs of MS. Um, and it usually doesn't happen that young, but for me it did. And I had a lesion on my brain, which is the first signs of MS. Um, but now I have I have none. <laughs> so wow. okay. Just changing my diet and lifestyle. Like I, I lived a pretty I don't think it was a very healthy lifestyle. <laughs> How old were you when you were, like, you said 20, right? Yeah. Okay. So what was kind of, like, going on around your life at that time that kind of led you to those health issues? Well, I just ate, like, shit. Um, (laughs) Fair enough, yeah. (laughs) Lived off of ramen and Hot Pockets and soda. Uh, (laughs) No nutrition, right? Yeah. (laughs) That was what drove it i think yeah who would have thought that like poor nutrition could lead to poor health right (laughs) i know seems obvious so what kind of like um 
triggered you to change that kind of lifestyle? Like, was there a certain, like, I don't know, video you watch or a book you kind of came across? Like, what kind of led you to get that passion behind you that you wanted to get healthy? Well, what I do is I start reading, like, um, it's never just one thing. Like, I'll read book after book after book when I'm learning something. Like, I can't get enough like information. So I can't remember exactly what was my first book that I read on nutrition, but I've read pretty much anything that's out there by like now, but this was, I'm 33 now. So it's been quite a while. Um, including textbooks. Like I would order textbooks and read those (laughs) during this time. Like (laughs) that's just what I do. Uh, I'm a little obsessive probably. (laughs) (laughs) where does that come from like just from an early age were you always like into reading like did your like parents get you into reading yeah yeah okay fair enough I think I'm just wired up that way like I think certain people are okay um so because like online you uh kind of when I was kind of like researching you, they always kind of put down the tag of like an eating psychology coach. So like, what does that mean when you kind of came up with that to kind of promote yourself online? Like when people ask you, like, what do you do? How do you kind of explain that? Well, I was professionally trained and certified by the Institute for the Psychology of Eating. Um, So I work with people who need help with weight, overeating, binge eating, body image and overall health, really. Um, I take a unique approach for sure. I don't think a lot of people have my approach that integrates nutrition and psychology and, and fitness. Like I think most of the people that were trained by the place that I went, they don't have anything to do with the fitness world. So I think I'm bringing a new dynamic to the fitness world. Um, it definitely adds the practice of clinical nutrition by exploring this, uh, psychophysiology of how thoughts and feelings and beliefs impact our nutritional choices and our overall health. Cool. Okay. Um, is there like a common, like, I don't know, theme that you see with your clients coming to see you? Like, is it pretty much the same thing or is it almost so individual person to person? Oh, well, both. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Um, I find that a lot of women use foods to fill up voids in their life, and men use foods more to numb out or check out. Mm -hmm. Um, Women tend to be harder on themselves, but this is to be expected since we are valued by society largely on our looks. Men tend to be valued more on success, So they aren't as focused on like their weight and their body image as we are. Neither is ideal, but the primary reason that we see more body images issues with women is that we are valued on them. Um, Everyone's going to have those individual variables like in their life. So that'll impact this, but that's the overall common theme that I see. Okay. Like one question I've been like asking a couple of times on my show is like for, for women, especially like, where do you think like the body image issue itself 
comes from. Because, like, the one example I always think of is, you know, you're a small little kid, you, you know, scrape your knee, mom comes to the rescue and gives you a cookie because you were hurt. And then yeah. that kind of like triggers that, oh, if I'm hurt, I can give myself something sweet to make it better. And I was wondering, yeah, so I was wondering, like, yeah. for, in your opinion, like, what do you think kind of stems, like, where does it, where does body image issues start, if you can even answer something like that? Well, we definitely, we all, all self-soothe, like, with something. Um, some people food, some people drugs. That's why addiction is so interesting to me, because it's all the same thing. Like it stems from us wanting to comfort ourselves with a substance or an outside, something outside of ourselves. Some people do use food. Um, but I think women are just valued by our looks and it isn't going to change. So I don't think that we can completely overcome body image issues at all. Interesting. Yeah. Cause that's like one of the questions I've been asking, like almost every female on my show is like do you think people can overcome it or is it like something that you know you can kind of tone it down we can try to soothe ourselves with more healthy things if that's the issue but I mean it's all biologically driven we all I don't know um men are wired up to be attracted to what they feel is the ideal image of a woman and as a result, women strive to meet these ideals. So we're always going to be chasing after that perfect body to be appealing to the opposite sex because we associate that with love. That, that, that makes we sense, honestly. Yeah. We want to be accepted. So, of course, we're going to try to fit into that mold. Okay, well, let's say if you had a client come in and she, we'll, we'll just go down the women part, but say you, you can already tell that this individual has body image issues and in the back of your head, you know that is always going to be an issue. What are kind of like some actionable steps that you could give this individual to kind of help them and or guide them the right pathway? Because I think a lot of times, you know, on podcasts or other, you know, sources out there, like, people just talk about body image issues, but never kind of give what to do. And like, you know, if someone wanted to feel better about themselves starting today, like what can they do today? Mm. Well, I think that just loving yourself, like I think that's the baseline of it, realizing that you attract what you put out there too. So if you're going to, force your body into an ideal, you're going to attract someone that is shallow and wants that, you know, mm -hmm. and that values that in their life. So I think that you just need to be accepting and happy with who you are. And that's going to take more than just a day. <laughs> you yeah, can't just definitely. apply that in one day. Um, I mean, I've been working on it for years, so <laughs> Like, have you ever seen, like, any good, like, success stories with your clients that kind of work through a lot of their issues that is, like, worth mentioning? What was that again? Um, like, have you seen any, like, good success stories with some of your clients that dealt with a lot of body image issues? Yes, but it's, like, a – it's an ongoing thing. It's yeah. not – it can't be – a lot of these online trainers do, like, six-week things, and that's not <laughs> – 
it's never going to change someone's relationship with food, like in that short of amount of time. Like it takes years and years of constant work. Yeah, like that's like why the, I tell all my clients. Yeah. <laughs> It's tough because like a lot of people get bombarded with, you know, if they're on their Facebook or Instagram all the time, they see crap like that and they just think because everything else in this world nowadays is so quick. It's like, oh, yeah, in six weeks I can undo 20 years of horrible eating habits. Yes. Yeah. Well, eating the, well, the horrible eating habits are driven by horrible thoughts and (laughs) so it's not... I mean, you can't just diet it off and then expect it to be gone because you're going to go back to the same behaviors if you don't address the root cause. Because the other thing I wanted to bring up, too, is like emotional eating and binge eating, because those two topics right now, a lot more people are being open about it. Because I remember, Mm -hmm. I don't know, like five years ago, no one really even spoke about it. And I'm really curious about like, you know, if you have someone that comes to you and they're an emotional eater, they're a binge eater, what are the first things that you'd want to do with this individual to kind of set them up for success? Well, my favorite uh, book on that is Brain Over Binge. I love that one. Um, And that uses rational emotive behavioral therapy. And that is more like you're in charge of your choices. So... Because binging eventually and emotional eating eventually becomes a habit. Like at first you're using it to soothe yourself, but eventually it just becomes a bad habit that's wired in. So you have to, you have to stop. Yeah, fair enough. You have to realize you can stop. Like a lot of people don't think they can stop. Like they have it in their head. They're like, I can't do it. I have to have this. I need it. But they don't need anything. (laughs) Because I know in, like, especially back in the 90s in the fitness industry, like, the cheat day was, like, the holy grail for success. And I remember going through that and, like, you know, every Sunday was my cheat day and I would, like, write down what I was going to, like, pig out on. And it got to a point where I just, like, thought it was normal. And, like, I'm like, yeah, like, this is just part of it. Like, this is great. Like, I could eat whatever I want. And then you start eating and you... Yourself. Yeah. And it's it's so strange because, like, you almost have to be self-aware enough to realize if it's a problem, right? Yep. And I'm kind of... I'm kind of... And we're, we're all set up to deny that because we don't want to change. Yeah. Change um, brings pain. <laughs> so if you had to give, like, I don't know, the first couple steps for someone, like, if they have tendencies to... I don't know, go to their pantry and eat a whole bag of chips. Like, what are some actual steps that someone can do to kind of stop well, that halfway? Well, keep the fucking chips in the house. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> that is the, but if the chips are in the house, um, because you have a husband that likes chips or something, <laughs> then you can realize that you can stop even if after you have a handful of those chips – Some people have it in their brain that they have to, like, just finish all of them. And realizing that in the moment you can stop and you don't have to continue through with that action is huge for a lot of people. Do you think, like, there's certain foods that will trigger people to kind of 
not be able to stop? Oh, yeah. Um, Hyperpalatable foods like sugar, fat, salt combinations are really, those hit the pleasure centers hard. Um, But it's going to be different for everyone, like what their trigger foods are. I know mine are completely different than my friends, so... I don't keep any trigger foods, like, for me in my house if I want to maintain the body that I feel most confident in because it's, like, an ongoing battle every day, and I don't have the mental energy to deal with that. So did you ever deal with your own, like, emotional eating or binge eating or anything like that growing up? Not growing up, uh, more so once I was an adult. Mm-hmm. And going through stressful periods of my life, um, I definitely I've had binging issues. Um, I've had under eating issues. <laughs> I've had them all too. <laughs> I mean, there's not many women that haven't. It almost seems that now that more people feel comfortable, like, speaking out, it's like almost every single person is dealing with some sort of food issue, which is so, like, astonishing to me. It's like, holy crap, what happened? Yep. Yep. (laughs) But do, do you think it's, like, our environment that's causing all of this crap kind of happening to us? Yes, I think that's a huge, huge factor in all of it. We're surrounded by those because I remember I had one of my clients like he would always come home and have like six beers and I'm like well why don't you like instead of having cold beer in the fridge leave it out in the garage or something like that where it's warm and you have to physically put it back into the fridge and wait for it because I find like when you have a trigger food for him it was just like he would have to have one beer and then he'll just end up drinking the whole six pack but like putting that extra effort to wait for it, he, he would just be like, ah, that's not worth it. I'm not going to do it. And then lo and behold, no more beer, like for six beers in one sitting. Yep. That works really well for like prepped foods too. Some, sometimes I have, I have clients that can't like meal prep either. Um, because they'll eat it all <laughs> before like, um, so if they freeze it, that would put an extra barrier they have to take it out and cook it so um that works for some people for sure but it doesn't for other people <laughs> like some people just go to the store and get cold beer right <laughs> yeah fair enough um so when it comes to like coaching clients like what's your kind of system because i find that a lot of coaches out there kind of dive into clients different ways and i'm kind of curious about you know how do you approach a brand new client so if you had a person sign up today, what are the kind of first things you want to develop with them to make sure they're successful down the road? I want to know about their life before their eating challenges. I know a lot of people want to dive right into that, but if they were, if they're coming to me, they haven't had help before and everyone knows how to do meal plans. So I take a different approach by wanting to know about all aspects of their life and then figuring out what what's going on there and why they can't stick to a diet yeah. because it's usually not 
diet related or control related or willpower. <laughs> Do you ever find that like when you ask a brand new client, like what their goal is, they always tell you that, Oh, I want to lose 15 pounds, but it's not really the 15 pounds they want to lose. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That always happens. <laughs> Like, I, I find that people just want to lose weight just to, like, move and feel better and just feel better about themselves. Like, that's kind of, like, the root, like, reason or why. Or take attention off of, like, real problems in their life. A lot of people, I find, what they'll do is they'll want to diet so they can focus all their energy on the diet instead of addressing the fact that they're in an unhappy marriage. Yeah. I, I've seen a lot of that. <laughs> Like redirecting focus. Yeah, it's interesting when there's like the spouses involved too, because it's like I have one client in particular where her like her whole goal is to always put health as a priority, but then it's like she'll you know cook a healthy dinner for herself, and then husband comes home and you know will eat a whole pizza or just have chocolate bars or something like that, and it's like really difficult to excel in that kind of environment. And it's kind of a awkward situation to like, you know, chat with your client of like a strategy to kind of beat that other than like getting your spouse all on the same train. But that's like really, really difficult. Do you have like any of those tough conversations with clients? Yes. Well, that's primarily what I focus on yeah. is that kind of stuff because it is the environment. It's your life. Like, do you really, are you happy being married to someone like that? Like, that's not supporting you and not willing to take the same path as you. If you are happy, then you need to accept it and accept that you're going to have more challenges in your environment and you're going to have to take more personal responsibility. Um, and if it's, if you're not happy with it, then you need to do something about it. There's only two choices, really. Yeah. Did, do you like ever feel like you sometimes like cross the line or you just kind of like, say certain like senses is like just like feelers to see what they'll do <laughs> do i say offensive things <laughs> <laughs> sure <Why not? laughs> well because like you know y you know what would be the best for your client but it yes. might be crossing a line so it's like sometimes just like kind of so pushing... i don't have a lot of emotional attachment personally to mm -hmm. uh truth like when other people present me with truth like i don't get emotional about it um so I do that kind of by default without realizing I'm doing it with a lot of people. Like, I'll just tell them what they don't want to hear. And I don't realize that some people find that offensive. I'm like, I would want to hear it. <laughs> like, I don't want to hear if I was screwing up or if I saw things that weren't there, like making things up in my head, you know? Yeah. So I guess I am probably the wrong person to ask that. <laughs> no, fair enough. But, you know, like, it, sometimes it's just to be able to talk to somebody else. Like, a lot of people don't understand how powerful that can be. Because, like, yeah. sometimes, like, just having, like, your client vent to you about, like, something so unrelated, they'll end up feeling better. And then, who knows, something could change in their life. Absolutely. I mean, I owned a salon for a decade. So I was, uh, I mean, I listened to women all day, every day. So... And they would come back there like, what you told me last time changed my life. Like now I'm, I quit my job or I'm like, I did not realize I had that big of an impact, <laughs> but yes. Well, fair enough. Um, actually going back to that hair salon thing, do you like, 
because you said you were doing pre-med at one point, right? Mm-hmm. Do you, would you ever want to go back and finish it? Absolutely not. Okay, interesting. <laughs> what, what made you realize that you didn't want to go back? Well, um, I think that I can pursue my passion the way I'm doing it now. Like, I don't really see any point in having a medical degree um, for myself because that's not what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that formal qualifications to be taken seriously, like, that just irritates me. Um, <laughs> I already, I don't know. Um, I don't discredit that formal qualifications have their place, and most individuals do indeed need to play that game to be successful. But I think that I'm confident, like, in my abilities and knowledge base. So, I don't know. I'm happy you brought this up because, like, I think one of the questions we got on Facebook was someone asked, like, what your qualifications were. And when I saw that, I'm like, I'm pretty sure there's more to that story because a lot of times it's, like, the best people in the industry, whatever they're doing, sometimes don't have the gold standard but they know how to communicate to somebody like trainers like you can have master degrees doctorates and exercise physiology and blah 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 but you're as interesting as a doorknob no one's really gonna want to relate to people or breaks down like in simple to understand terms like there's no use um and also if someone is like needs someone that has that external validation of their like practitioner's intellect then they won't be a match for me anyways, like, because they just see the world through a different lens than I do. And so we're probably not going to match up. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Um, It kind of seems like you have a lot of self-awareness. Like, I'm really curious of how did you develop that or was that always just part of your character? I think it's intrinsic. Um, Yeah, I, I mean, obviously it's developed as I've matured. Um. But it's definitely always been there since I was little. Like, I've always called myself out on my own shit. Like, when I'm screwing up. (laughs) (laughs) Always. And so then I try to fix it. Like, when I'm screwing up, like, I don't need anyone to tell me I'm screwing up. I'll just, I'll start reading everything I can on how to change that behavior or look at it different or so. And I think that was just built in. It's intrinsic for sure. Okay. And the other thing I wanted to ask you, too, is, like, because, like, based off what I get from you online, like, you are not afraid to, like, put out your own opinion, and I absolutely love it. And a lot of people are always scared of what other people are going to think. Like, what what advice would you give to someone that's just, like, in their own shell, is kind of scared to, like, just put themselves out there? Like, what can you tell them to get past that? I think just knowing that everyone sees things through their own like societal conditioned ideas, like what they were taught when they were young. So when they're judging you, they're judging you based on like what their mom and dad told them was good and bad. So knowing that, I don't know, knowing that helped me like not care because everyone's going to have a different opinion on what's good and bad. So just being yourself is the only way to feel good at the end of the day, like to feel authentic. Yeah. 
Okay, fair enough. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to bring up is like, you definitely portray online being really comfortable in your own skin, and like most women would not like even dare take photos like how you do. Yeah. And I'm like, man, you are so badass. Like, did you always have that confidence inside you? Did it take time to like be able to do stuff like that? I've always been kind of like that. Fair <laughs> um, enough. Okay. Since I was little, like my mom would take pictures of me and my grandparents would and I'd be posing and that's just, I think that's just built in me. Um, but I've obviously had body images issues, but I've done it anyways. Like those pictures, like I didn't feel like at my best. Mm. Um, and I still did them. Like I still was like, you know what? I'm going to do it because no action is worse than action that I'm not a hundred percent confident in. Yeah, definitely. Um, so the next thing I wanted to get into is some Facebook questions. Cause like my biggest pet peeve is when I send in a question for a podcast and it never gets yes. answered. Um, yes. but the first one is from Sumi, who's like another celebrity online on the Facebook world. Um, I'm going to try, oh, ask her what got her into fitness to begin with. Uh, who are her early sources of inspiration? I'm going to stop there because she has like a bunch of more questions after that. Okay. So, yeah. How you got okay. into fitness and what your early sources of inspiration were. Okay. My early sources of inspiration were rooted more in like the holistic modalities because I was trying to fix myself and my health issues. Um, I never really followed one person in particular. I just wanted as much information on everything that I could get my hands on. Um, I don't do the guru thing. It seems counterintuitive to my quest for knowledge, like to follow one person. And plus, I like I said, uh, everyone views things through different lenses. So they're going to view and uh, process data differently and come up with different conclusions. So that's another reason why I don't follow just one person ever. Like I just want to take bits and pieces from everyone. Awesome. Um, we only already answered the book question, but, uh, she also asked what sorts of books does she recommend those interested in eating psychology? Okay. Um, let me think. I think the hungry brain is a great book. Um, not that deals more with the environment and what people see as lack of willpower. So that'll help like give a baseline on that. Um, there's no real books on eating psychology because it's such a new field. Like it's, it's really new. Um, but if you think about everything, our thoughts control like everything we do. So, and I like brain over binge because of the uh, rational emotive behavioral therapy that it uses. Um, any rational emotive behavioral therapy or cognitive behavioral therapy, therapy workbook is helpful for addressing behavioral modifications. So um, Love Your Body, Love Your Life by Sarah Maria is a good uh, body image book. That's all I can think of right now. No, it's all good. People write that down. <laughs> um, and unrelated, but she's like, oh, and her favorite hair and skin products for those on a budget. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. 
that's a little tricky. Uh, the beauty industry is one of the most profitable industries, so I know <laughs> we all want to stop that aging shit, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, let me think. I'd say the first thing to do is to make sure your diet is on point and has adequate produce and protein. Protein's a big one. Like I could tell when someone's on a low protein diet by their hair quality. Um, collagen is great. Zinc and vitamin A, like the diet is always number one, uh, in maintaining the skin and hair health. But for products, I would say for hair products, Pureology is my go-to. You can get that on Amazon or any salon. Um, skincare, I spend way too much money on that, (laughs) but that's, due to me being in the beauty industry and I was exposed to treatments and products that were probably, I got a good deal on, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I like Lemur, but it isn't affordable for most people. Uh, A midline is like Comfort Zone or Drunk Elephant. And Dermalogica would be the most affordable that I recommend. And you can get that at Sephora or... Amazon, all those products. Okay, fair enough. And then her last question is maybe some little known facts about her. So I'm assuming she's like wondering about something that she's never known about you, like your best friend back in grade four, you had like she, that one little person knew one crazy story about you or something like that. Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was born in Japan. Oh. Many people know that. Um, and I grew up in L.A., and then I moved to Oregon when I was in middle school. So um, that's about it. No, it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty I'm pretty open online, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> what, what, why did your parents want to go out to Japan? Like, Oh, that was I was a military baby. Oh, okay, cool. There you go. Um, so the next one uh, is from Alex. Uh, have her discuss the strengths and limitations of self-experiment in life, be it with regard to diet, supplements, training, and perspective. Okay. Yeah. Uh, And serious. Yeah. I'm good with serious, though. (laughs) There are are multiple variables that play into self-experimentation, for sure. Um, Genetic variance, gender, hormones, environment, um, all of it plays into the big picture of how we process. We talked about that a little earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't possibly know exactly what is the cause of something for like something to work. Like some people claim that supplements, like they started this supplement and it works or whatever. I'm like, how do you know? How do you know how many things changed in your life at that time? Like, insane. They don't know. Uh, perspectives and cognitive biases will change what the outcome is too. So what I mean by this is that whether we would like to admit it or or not, uh, we all have chosen our beliefs. Our current beliefs are generally, they start out with like curiosity and appeal to authority, but become increasingly solidified as we've gathered selective evidence to validate those beliefs. Like that's what our brain is wired up to do. That's what it looks for is to confirm our thoughts or what we've been taught by people that we respect. Um, 
consequently, our perceptions of the world are not like objective and never will be. So the data we gather when doing these self-experimentations will be filtered through these lenses. And a lot of people, like you said earlier, cannot see that. They're not very self-aware. So I think that, I don't know, um, that's why I cringe when people say that they're hackers or whatever, <laughs> hackers, um, because I'm like, how do you know? Like, do you have spreadsheets? Can I see them? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, with all that said, though, we're humans and there's definite hard lines in biology that no amount of variables or cognitive biases will change, like calorie balance, right? Uh, no matter what my genetics or environment enable, I'll never be able to eat, what, like 7,000 calories a day and not gain weight? I wish, but that just doesn't work that way. So, like you said, it made you cringe. What else in the, our industry bugs the shit out of you? Because I'm really curious. Uh, well, the body acceptance movement really does, just because I think it's they're going about it the wrong way. Um, if it was as easy as telling someone to look in the mirror and love themselves, like, we wouldn't have a problem, right? Yeah. Because we've all been told that. It doesn't work that way. Like, And so I think telling people that makes it like seem simple when it's not simple. And so it just, I don't know, it makes people feel inadequate. Like they can't figure it out. Like why can't they just love themselves? Yeah, there's definitely more to it because like, I love – that like the idea to like just accept your body love yourself for who you are but sometimes it just goes so far right to a point where you know someone who might have a jammer or will need like a quadruple bypass surgery pretty soon yeah. if they don't start moving and just eating a little bit better like it's kind of almost irresponsible because like I, I get where they're trying to get to but at the same time it's like this person could literally die because of a heart attack yeah and telling them that they should love their body the way it is is completely leading them down the wrong path. Because then they're like, why Why change? Yeah. Everyone uh, else Everyone else looks the way I do. <laughs> yeah. It, it's tough because it's like, especially in North America, it's so bad. But it, it's interesting looking at other countries that don't deal with this so much. And it's it's almost bizarre, like, if you go to, like, certain European countries and you don't really see a lot of obese people, you're like, well, what are you guys doing here that's different? Yes. But I don't know. It's so easy to, like, stay home and get a book from Amazon within 24 hours and then have food delivered to your house and, like, you never have to leave. No, right? Yeah. I'm in New York. It's really bad here. You can get anything to your doorstep. <laughs> Um, maybe the other thing I was going to ask is like, what do you do with clients that are in the fitness realm and say they're dieting for a show and they finish off the show, they did great. And then they go in off their diet and they balloon up by 40 pounds. And now they develop some messed up body image issues, some messed up eating habits. What's the road to recovery for figure competitors and bodybuilders? Don't do that stupid shit, first of all. <laughs> because it's just binging after restriction. Um, 
you don't have to do that, but a lot of people. So I was never into that stuff, but I had several clients that went through those. And it's like an idea that you get to binge after you compete. Like, I don't understand why they think that. Like, why not just start eating more and normally again? Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't have to binge and eat all the chocolate. Like, backstage is, like, disgusting. Like, <laughs> there's so much junk food. I'm like, why? Why are you rewarding yourself with junk food? Like, that's stupid. It's the comforting with food that was instilled in them as a child, I'm guessing. I don't know. Yeah, like... When I first started in the industry, I worked in a big box gym and like the gym I was at, bodybuilding and figure competitors were the thing. And when I kind of just like sat back and observed it, I'm like, this is stupid. Why Why do you guys yeah. do this to yourselves? Yeah, it's insanity. Because I remember like, I can't remember if I told this story on my show yet, but I was training one woman for a show. She was probably four weeks out, like probably 12% body fat, like just unbelievable she looked amazing and then i was like walking up to her to start the session and i remember like something was off on her and i started talking to her and then she just like started crying because her calves weren't like as defined as she wanted it i'm like are you serious right now like like, are you kidding me yeah i'm like oh man okay I've i've never done that and i'm not interested in ever competing um because i've worked with them right yeah and I know that it would, like, with my personality, how obsessive I am, it would not end good. Like, it wouldn't, because I'm really good at restricting myself. And, <laughs> oh, fair enough. And I'm obsessive. So um, I think a lot of people shouldn't do it, but do it. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a different type of person that can look at things more objectively and not emotionally. And, you know, like most women think of things emotion like with their heart because we're built to be mothers right yeah um so maybe second last question because we're coming up to that end of the show um if you had to give one piece of advice to the listeners right now what would it be just never stop uh striving for growth personal growth um and you're never stuck in a situation like people think that they're stuck in this life or that they don't like and you can change anything that you want whenever you want love it awesome uh-huh. um so very last question where can people find you online what uh projects you have coming out or anything else you want to plug on my show you can do that right now Yep, I'm mainly on facebook and instagram right now i'm putting together a website that will uh, come out in December and that's just my name com. so perfect so thank you so much for your time this was amazing yes thank you alright so that's going to wrap up episode 178 thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to me while you're driving walking the dog or doing whatever the hell you're doing around the house listening to me ramble So thank you, thank you, thank you for the support. And again, hit the show notes, people. Like right now, I don't, just don't listen to the rest of this. Hit the show notes, add me on Facebook, say what's up. And I post a lot of great content in video form. 
and Rinform. Who knew? I'm a jack of all trades. Audio, visual, and writing. Hit my Facebook up. Learn more about fitness and health and random videos and photos of my beautiful dog, Misty. Until next week, you guys, I'm your host, Frau Matuszewski, and that's it.